0: All right, Foster, what's scarier, daytime horror or nighttime horror?
1: Uh, Daytime's more fun, but nighttime is scarier. Rowan, go. Uh, Full stop, agree with Foster. And our guest? Uh,
2: Scarier or better? Yes. Uh, Scarier is uh, nighttime, but better is daytime because you have to be more creative with it.
0: Love I it. think I prefer daytime all around, because I think when it's done well, daytime can be just horrifying. But that's just me, and now we get to talk about why these things are what they are. Hello, and welcome to Franchise Paradiso. This is a podcast for lovers of film franchises. Yeah, while we all wish uh, Hollywood was actually dishing out more original content, we cannot control actual product and what Hollywood Turns out for us. So we're at their beck and call and we have to suffer for it. So while we are suffering, let's at least indulge in these cinematic universes, these franchises and things, and have as much fun as we can. And that's what we're here to do today. My name is Heath Lynch. I am here with Foster Harlfinger. Hey everybody. Rowan Wood. Padaleho, neighborino. And we are here for our debut season of franchise Paradiso where we're tackling horror and this episode we're going to be talking about the best tone and atmosphere in franchise horror history. Joining us today is our very special guest a man who needs no introdu- introduction to us but probably to other people and that's okay that's why we're here Aaron Schweitzer. Woo! Ooh, excitement. <laughs> Woo! Aaron thank you for joining us today how are you doing? Um, I'm about a fifth down through a
2: gin and tonic, so pretty
0: good. <laughs> That's exactly where we need you to start, and let's bump those rookie numbers up, sir. Cool, gotcha. <laughs> um, Aaron, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Uh, you know, kind of uh, your, your stance on film, what got you into movies, uh, this topic, and uh, why you're here today.
2: Well, first update, I'm now about halfway through that gin and tonic. Um, progress
0: (laughs) yeah well done
2: um i got into movies in high school i think i like realized i was always into movies but like it was one of those things where people uh around me a couple a certain group of people kind of um really made me realize that i'm a movie person and then i just sort of found my identity um in that part of my identity of course um In that, and then um, doing things for sifpop.com, I think Toy Story 4. So, like 2019 was when I started doing that. Um, Been editing and um, hosting a podcast there for the last uh, two years, three three years now. Um, Wow. And yeah, it was because COVID was when the podcast started, and I had been actually, I think I was an editor starting 2021. Anyway. um, So. yeah, spending a lot of time doing a lot of that stuff. I don't. I'm not typically a horror fan, so I think this is really cool. Um, but the more I say that, the more they keep on coming out with good horror films. So, um, <laughs> nice. I guess I'm a fan now.
1: You've liked a lot the past few years, right?
2: Yeah, but it didn't like talk to me.
1: That's okay is it okay die, monster, a little bit people i heard are, it in your voice people are allowed to be wrong we all make mistakes <laughs> yeah that's fine
0: and aaron didn't you <laughs> recently uh do some collaboration with cinema too on one of their podcasts
2: yeah i hosted the behind the sins podcast for six months of september to february i think that's awesome nice awesome cool yeah.
0: well thank you so much for being here we're really glad to have you
2: yeah no, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to see how this will all work out, especially when uh, my glass gets down to empty.
1: <laughs> cool. And I think with that, it's time for us to do some quick plugs. I am on Letterboxd F O S T H one zero one. That's also where you can find me on X. Uh, <laughs> if you want to follow me, I'll give you a follow back. And uh, Rowan, where can people find you? Well, you can X me over at Bits of Joel <laughs> uh, or on.
3: Uh, I almost said Twitter. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, on Instagram and Letterboxd, I'm Rowan a Boat. That's Rowan a Boat, uh, and I have some. I do some other podcasts uh, and talk about other stuff. Uh, today, I will plug uh, Runtime Babe, uh, the show that I do with my partner Davis, and we we've had some great episodes lately. So definitely go over there and check that out wherever you can find your podcasts. Cool, Heath.
0: Uh, you cannot find me on X, because no. Um, but you can find me on Letterboxd. That's actually about the only place I'm at these days, uh, uh, where you can hear all my incoherent movie ramblings. You can find me at the one Heath bar on Letterboxd, or search Heath Lynch. Either one should be able to find me.
1: Cool. And Aaron, where can people find you?
2: Anywhere that's worth finding. Um I'll be at Schweit Castle. If 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 I'm not worth finding, then that means I either haven't gotten a Blue Sky invite yet, or um, it's not worth being a part of. So mostly Letterboxed and uh, X, and I don't. Know, I don't really post on that anymore uh, because I'm busy. But whatever.
3: Uh, okay. All right. Shush. Shush. All right, everybody. Today. We're here to talk about best tone and atmosphere in horror movies. And But before we get into the nitty gritty of everything, the minutia of the topic, as some say, uh, let's set some guidelines. So maybe no. some, some parameters. <laughs> Let me finish as to what tone and atmosphere actually
1: means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well okay i can start because this is the topic i suggested actually by the way Rowan, that was excellent I thank you thank you it, i wasn't I written was anywhere t- i, I was it. i just just making i that feel up. feel the natural
3: flow off the top exactly of the head. passion was clearly there yeah. how many I was times moved? do I need
2: to interrupt you before you get
1: kicked off <laughs> uh you don't <laughs> want to find <laughs> out <laughs> <laughs> uh Tone and atmosphere. (laughs) Uh, uh, What to say that hasn't already been said. Um, Okay, I suggested this just because for me, when I'm watching horror movies, um, like, a lot of the time it isn't even about what's scary or about what's good, necessarily. It's just, like, I kind of vibe with the movie because I like the way it feels. I just... Some combination of the, like the look of the movie and the music and the sound effects that they use and stuff, it just creates like a whole vibe. And that's honestly like what draws me most of the time to the movies I like. So for me, when I was making my list, I was thinking like, what are the movie universes that I want to be in? Like, uh, Hopefully, not one of the people getting murdered, uh, but just like maybe as a, as a so the, bystander, who decides. Well, well, I, we don't, we guys, don't all
3: get to choose, Foster. <laughs>
1: well, if I were to choose, I would be the person who stands on the edge and does nothing as the murder takes place, but that's my preference.
2: Foster would be a top S tier final
1: girl, you know? Thank you. I mean, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's a the, a good definition. The, the kind of just the vibe, the 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 tone, the the sense of the film. I just use tone, the def the word in the definition. Don't do that, English majors. Uh, so anytime that we're we're talking about just that that chill that the film gives you, just by being what it is, whether that's cool sound effects, uh, interesting camera choices, cinematography choices. It, all kinds of stuff like that. I, yeah, I think that's kind of what we're looking at for, for tone and atmosphere. Are we all on the same page there, do we think?
2: hmm
1: Yeah. Yep. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I mean, I think with that, we can start throwing out some suggestions. Uh, I am going to throw out one that I think uh, probably we're all in agreement with. It's sort of the obvious one to me, and that's the Halloween franchise. uh for me this is like just the first thing that comes to mind when i think of the fall the first thing that comes to mind when i think of horror movies and atmosphere and everything it's just like a perfect like gets you in the mood for that season um i mean there's like variations too we can talk about like some of our favorite vibes from the sequels but uh i mean just starting with the first one i guess it's just the like the leaves on the ground the trees turning orange the um uh, just the way John Carpenter shoots the movie too. Like you see a whole lot of stuff in the frame. You get to see like the whole suburb. It's just a great, great vibe. And it, to me is like the most reflective of like the real world fall atmosphere. Like I, I mentioned, I think in our killer episode that it just reminds me kind of of the street where I grew up too, just a little bit nicer. Um, and yeah, so that'd be my first one that I'd throw out. Anyone else have anything to add about Halloween?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree that Halloween needs to be mentioned. Um, it, it it's that encapsulation of, of suburbia where th- anything could happen to anyone because it's entirely generic, but at the same time, entirely relatable. Like you can just kind of see th- yourself in that world. And, and like you said, yeah, there's something about, it's just very simple decision, but just like making sure that we see leaves rustling over this the street asphalt and, you know, uh, like you said, uh, of Carpenter's framing choices, always making sure that there's something in the background, usually a shape, uh, that kind of just adds that eeriness, uh, that, that sets that tone that puts you on, on edge the whole time. I I think
1: Halloween has to be an option here. Yeah. Aaron, I know you like some of the sequels specifically. I kind of want you to shout some of those out.
2: Sure. Um, yeah, actually Halloween look it's really hard to say that halloween like the original isn't the best but i i honestly think that season of the witch might be my favorite i think partly because it's just been so shit on for so year so many years and then now finally watching the whole franchise last year like it's actually kind of great um, and I really, I, if I had a time machine, like the top three things I would do is, of course, kill Hitler, you know, uh, before he could do kind of things right? Uh, you know, like that's obviously thing number one. Thing number two would be like, I don't know, put money on some big sporting event so I can have money or whatever, you know. <laughs> Um, and thing, thing number three would be to go back and convince the studios to let John Carp- do, Carpenter do Halloween as an anthology as he originally intended, um, because I think the franchise would ultimately be better going that direction if, you know, Season of the Witch was Halloween too, and we could get other things kind of in that vein um, as opposed to uh, w- what is it like? Uh, there's five, six, seven original movies plus the Rob Zombie two plus the David Gordon Green three, so that's two, all that in like four different timelines. Um, it, it's just anyway. Um, and Curse of Michael Myers producer's cut is actually yes. pretty good, um, not the <laughs> yes. theatrical cut. But and I co sign this. You know and what? I... Let's let's throw out another Halloween hot take here. But Halloween kills. Oh, sorry. Halloween ends is actually pretty fucking great. Um, i'm i'm so glad you're on
1: here just for this alone because these are my exact (laughs) three hot takes are those three movies you just mentioned i retweet or repost now every single one of those three things you just said don't 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 make me call elon
2: look 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 let me throw let me throw one more out there um you all are wrong about halloween resurrection like it's not a good movie (laughs) but it's just it's just fun i mean when you have what was it limp biscuit right <laughs> um, or was it? Or was it? Uh, who oh, was the rapper Buster bust rhyme. Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so we have a Busta Rhymes <laughs> fighting Michael Myers. Like, <laughs> look, <laughs> <no, laughs> look.
1: Look. The look. They. It's a it's a common mistake, guys. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Everyone mistakes
2: Busta Rhymes for Fred
1: Durst. It's but,
2: okay. a, a forgotten '90s R and B artist. Anyway, um, the R B. No, no. no <laughs> making it worse. <laughs> look look all man! I'm i saying, was still distracted saying, by your
0: time travel priorities and now you're pulling this out and i just man, rhymes and busta it makes sense <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> i just look i'm just saying that everybody likes to shit on halloween resurrection and you know what they knew exactly the kind of movie they were making and yes, the decision to kill Laurie at the very beginning sucks, but you know what? Every other decision that movie makes is <laughs> is exactly like executives that were on cocaine and all the other drugs at the same time until a movie came out. And you know what? I kind of dig it. <laughs> Oh, so now man. that I've lost all credibility, uh, let me just say <laughs> that my like preferred tone in terms of in terms of franchises is that more comedic, is that more silly, which is mm-hmm. maybe why I like Halloween Resurrection a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: you know, yeah. I'm going to throw out one now that I'm going to go way in left field here, but I think this works, and I I want consideration for this, and that's Cloverfield. So my take on Cloverfield is generally consistent with most people's which is uh the first one is kind of hit and miss i'm on the hit side the second one is actually legitimately great just very underseen and john goodman is giving arguably the performance of his career and the third one is hot garbage but with that said i think it's interesting and noteworthy to talk about right after we talked about halloween because we were just talking about the anthology of it to me cloverfield is an anthology f- series it's just never been outright stated oh this is an, an- anthology series but it really is um, that first one is the found footage it's the the first sighting of the cloverfield monster um, you know either depending on how that you interpret the lore coming up from the bottom of the ocean or crashing into the ocean at the very end of the film um, but still you know the, that that post 9/11 uh, critique of america and how we were viewing the world at that time all through a monster film that I still find just entertaining as all hell. But then the second one is a very cerebral underground, uh, tension piece where it's a character study. It's a little bit of, you don't even know what the truth is until the very end. And it just, yeah, there's monsters, but not really, not the monsters in which you would think monsters, especially relative to the first film. And it plays completely different than the first film. And the third one, for as much as it's crap, tries to do space horror. Again, a completely different vibe and tone. Um, So while the series isn't consistent, I view that as an intentional thing in this regard. And I view that as its highlight. Now, again, that unfortunately doesn't always work because then the you do get instances like the third film, which is just hot garbage. But for that anthology nature of it, giving us something different that still feels distinct each time, we have the found footage monster movie, we have the cerebral uh, character study, the, the tension-filled horror, and then we have uh, this like space drama, space horror.
3: Uh, I think Cloverfield is worth talking about. Well... We've come to the franchise that I've seen none of. <laughs> it's Whoa. so early on too.
2: I like. I saw Cloverfield for the first time. It's good. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't consider it, but it definitely counts. And I've not seen Paradox, so you know that. You don't need to. Um, yeah, th- like my view <laughs> of the franchise is still pretty positive. Although I will contend with your John Goodman's given the performance of life kind, because have you seen Blues Brothers two thousand? Um, <laughs> actually, first of all, I actually kind of like him in that movie. I think he's doing the best he can with how much of a trash that movie is. Anyway, uh, I'm just in the middle of a Righteous Gemstones watch, and this yeah! might be like, the performance <laughs> of his career. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, no, Great Goodman's Great Knit. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Great Knit. Yep. Um, movie's great. It was screenplay credit to Damien Chazelle on 10 Cloverfield Lane.
0: hmm. <laughs> Yes, we And know The, and it the Last Chazelle. Exorcist.
2: Anybody gonna bring that one up? Cool. I haven't seen it. I just know it's supposed to <laughs> I be. I completely
1: mad. missed what you just said. Say that one more time.
2: Oh, uh, Damien Chazelle also has a screenplay credit for The Last Exorcist. I was gonna ask if anybody huh? was gonna bring that one up because mm-hmm. if we're talking about a best of anything, certainly the, nobody's gonna Which Exorcist that
0: one. movie? The
2: last no, it's called The Last Exorcist.
0: Oh, The Last Exorcist. I thought you yeah. meant okay. I don't know. I haven't seen that one
2: it was like the 2000 and it was like right around the time of time cloverfield thing anyway okay
0: who yeah, else has another another franchise that we want to throw out there
3: um i will raise um no pun intended uh, evil dead uh, the franchise that I know is is completely and totally disjointed. Uh, but then again, you know, that's not necessarily a detractor here. Uh, the first movie basically established uh, the whole Cabin in the Woods trope um, through its just excellent um, setting establishment. Like, you get a sense immediately of what the difficulties are going to be for the characters in this, in the setting. And I know this isn't a setting episode that's coming up at some point. Um, But uh, the, the first one is just a very violent and sort of nihilistic, trying its best to be serious horror movie. And then the second one is essentially improving on the first movie by basically essentially remaking it and injecting just a ton of comedy into it uh, and some very effective comedy uh might i say and then army of darkness just turns it all on its head and goes full wackadoodle. doodle and boy do i love it uh and then of <laughs> course i haven't seen evil dead 2013 but evil dead rise uh is again its own thing and from what i hear 2013 is is as well so each one of these uh entries Ha- like is very distinguishable, like very distinguishable and very, um, very separate in terms of its tone, and it's it's bold and it's trying something different every single time. And from all the ones that
1: I've seen, it has worked, and
3: so I think there's something to be said
1: for that. I think one thing I also had this on my list that distinguishes this from something like Friday the Thirteenth, which maybe we can talk about that one next, since they're kind of related as cabin in the woods movies. But uh, the camera work from Sam Raimi really contributes to the tone and atmosphere for me just like the rainy cam that uh speeds through the forest like at, yep. at lightning speed and like kind of represents the evil the, like know, rotation and through. dutch
0: angles and stuff yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think that's great and that to me is something i would think of when i think of like tone and atmosphere like i just kind of like i love this world and i want to watch an evil dead movie specifically for stuff like that like that tone and atmosphere and maybe Friday the Thirteenth. Since I brought it up, maybe we could yeah. transition into that. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything to say about Friday the Thirteenth? I don't have too much to add.
2: I like Freddy no. versus Jason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the rest of them yet. Which, to be to be honest, I actually love the tone of that movie. Mm. Like, like yeah. the way it's shot. It's like uh, I think what is it? Ronnie Yu I think might yeah. be the director of that movie. Who's like came in as like the new wave of like Asian filmmakers in that time. And I think he also did Bride of Chucky and it's just super heavily stylized. So I actually, weirdly enough, think that's a great pick for tone and atmosphere.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny because Friday the 13th for me, uh, it's tone and atmosphere gets better. The more self-aware the series gets like the earlier entries are not the, the films. I mean, some of them may be better. Like I think two is one of the better ones, but like, when the series quote unquote finds itself, which is probably like four and onward, really six is when it hits its high watermark. In my opinion Mm -hmm. is when the, the franchise is just doing it's kind of crazy goofiness, but in a way that still feels fun and still gives you at least a little bit of horror chills because the kills are so gnarly or whatever's going on on the screen. Uh, So in that regard, yeah. Plus uh, in terms of, yeah, it's, camp crystal lake but we always generally see it shot in a dark uh you know the dark woodedness of it as you were saying kind of relates to evil dead but uh it's very known for and i love this about it because it's on a lake you always get that like mist coming off the lake that kind of like flows into the cabins which i think that creates a a fun visual to get sucked into
1: cool yeah i think i i actually like the tone of the early movies especially two. i think is is really strong. I think it's Steve Miner who did that two, one. Two and might
0: be this in terms of horror. Might be the scariest one of the franchise.
1: I I would argue four is the scariest. Two for or four. Me, yeah, t- I could two and that. four. I think are really yeah. scary. There's one shot in two because that's where you get like the head Jason. Who's mm-hmm. there's this one shot where Ginny, our protagonist, is like in like a little cabin at the end of the movie, and you just see like really small in the background. He's running towards her, but there's no sound to it, and it's like mm-hmm. one of the scariest shots of it's the scariest shot. I think of the whole series. Like there's, it's got, that's got a great atmosphere.
0: Uh, I wanted to throw out another one here. Um, And that is the thing, specifically the 82 remake. I've never seen a movie that just inherently makes me feel cold. Like the, (laughs) it's just, you watch this and you're like, I, I feel like I'm freezing just seeing what's happening on the screen and it just envelops you. It sucks you into that, that vibe of that film of, and, and it's not even just like the temperature, which you definitely feel you're like, Oh God, it, it would just be exhausting to be there. It would be painful to move after a while. You're, you know, you'd be aching so much cause it's so cold, but also what adds to it is the isolation. Like there's no one that's going to find them. There's no one that's coming to help. They are stranded there in the freezing tundra and it's got this, we talk about lighting and camera, like everything's like glowing blue or like towards the end when we get to the fire, like this combating orange light from the fire that's going against and contrasting with the blue of the ice. It just, Oh, everything about the visualization of the thing and how it physically makes me feel the temperature of that setting uh, of that environment makes me just think that's such a prominent one and worth
3: talking about yeah absolutely and it it It, manipulates the viewer in an interesting way in terms of just making you absolutely paranoid about everything like it, it really gets you into the head of um, Kurt Russell's character Macready, and in you know to the start where you like to, to the extent rather where you start second guessing everything that you're seeing and and just trying to pick up little details and trying to think of what's real and that I think is is a real feat. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Aaron, Aaron you got do you more? have one to add to the list? Um, is this the part where I can go off of the franchise board because?
1: Just pick, or, pick no, anyone no. that you want to throw out that we could consider.
2: Let's, let's, let's do, you mentioned the cabin in the woods trope. Um, so far, mm-hmm. let's talk about the cabin in the woods movie, which is my favorite, like horror genre movie of all time. Um, mm-hmm. even though it is horror comedy, uh, because it's just, it's just perfect because it like homages, you know, those seventies and eighties slashers so well. Um, but it also manages to be really funny and really clever um, something that not a lot of those 80s, 80s franchises did really well. See Halloween mm-hmm. 4 and 5, for example. Um, but um, <laughs> I think uh, I think the cabin of the Woods does it best. and two others that I'll throw out kind of in that same camp are um, Tucker and Dale vs Evil, which is um, exactly my kind of movie. Um, and Happy Death Day to you, which I'm so mad doesn't have a third movie so i can put it as the number one of this <laughs> week's top 10 um i almost thought about cheating and saying well freaky is kind of a sequel it's not no you know, way. in terms of yeah, <laughs> no. anyway i think happy death day to you just is awesome uh, and kind of is that perfect tone of again i love when horror and comedy work so well together where a movie can be genuinely scary but then also make me laugh out loud um not laughing at the movie but laughing with the movie and Um, you know what, I think it's time we finally bring up the movie that Heath has been dreading to talk about Um, I look, I'm here to say that I love Sleepaway Camp 3 Uh, (laughs) it's just so self-aware and it's just ridiculous that I've not seen sleepaway camp one or two, but I don't know that I want to because three is just <laughs> perfect. The first well, sleepaway camp
3: it's... is so
0: fun. It's so I own fun. It. I, just, one, I need to see it. It's yeah. ending is just iconic. So, yeah. I mean, I, frankly, the ending, it doesn't justify the rest of the movie, which is garbage, <laughs> but, but like the, and even now it's kind of well spoiled. So you probably know what it is, um, but I'm not going to mention it for the two viewers that maybe don't know it. Um, uh, but, yeah, I I do love the quote-unquote summer camp aesthetic. I like that in any kind of film. And, like, Friday the 13th tries to pull that off a couple times where, like, even... I forget which one it is, where the kids actually do show up. Six. Um, uh, yeah, because most of the time it's the counselor showing up trying to prep the camp, and they're all killed before camp even opens. But, yeah, one of them at six where the kids actually get there. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, sleepaway uh, camp I, is actually yeah. the kids at the camp, and things go crazy, and people start dying. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for that, I, I do think sleepaway is is kind of fun and worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can I throw out one that I think should be high on the top of our list? <laughs> yeah, go for I'm going to throw out Alien. I yep. think has a yep. perfect atmosphere. Absolutely. Just yeah. across the board, mainly because of the sets and the design of the creatures the H.R. Geiger designs, and I think the music is really eerie and and contributes to that as well. And just the the setting, it being in space where no one can hear you scream, and uh, that is one of the I best just... taglines ever. For the <laughs> record, just side totally, note. yeah. It's just, a, it's just perfect, and so I think I would put it really high up at the top because it's just unlike anything I've ever seen in any other movie. Um, and it's kind of impossible for any movie set in space since to not be imitating it to some degree or another. And, yeah, I mean, just those designs of, like, the xenomorph and the facehugger and everything are iconic, and it just creates a real... I mean, really, Scott's, like, a visual master, I think, like, from between Alien and Blade Runner. I just think, like, the whole opening of Alien, to me, is so eerie and perfect. I know some people say it's, like, a bit slow, but I actually really love that. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I also of course love aliens too. When James Cameron gets to kind of go ham with the action, I think is Mm -hmm. uh, just as good in a different way.
0: So two things I wanted to mention about alien real quick. One, uh, as I mentioned with the thing earlier, I, a big part of what makes horror, uh, tone and atmosphere work for me is isolation, as I said. Uh, and there's arguably no greater isolation than alien. Like you said, it is, it, it is you in a confined spaceship. And on the other side of that wall, is the infinite void of space. It instant death. That is what's out there waiting for you. There is there's no help coming. No one. It is you figure out how to win and kill the, the xenomorph, or it's game over. Either because the xenomorph kills you, or you try to leave the ship and you die. <laughs> uh my sure uh, Lego Xenomorph. <laughs> and uh, I the one other aspect of it, and this is gonna sound blasphemous to so many people, and I totally understand, so I acknowledge that up front, and I'm sorry the iconography of chains it to me hits harder in alien than it does in hellraiser i don't know why but like in those spaceships when they show like <laughs> hanging chains just like from which by the way i don't know what these spaceships are that just have like chains hanging from everywhere but they're in almost every alien movie um but the chains that are just hanging from the ground from the ceilings of these ships and like rattling around just gives me such an eerie vibe and i love that yeah also yep.
1: prometheus and alien covenant which i don't think are perfect look beautiful nope. <laughs> and uh, yes, okay chill out <laughs> i still think they're pretty good uh, prometheus <laughs> at the very least i re- kind of really like um but those yeah. movies look gorgeous i mean the opening yes. of prometheus is just so great in the blues and everything i love it yeah. yeah
2: i mean i kind of really love alien covenant so, so hey I'm hey there, hey yeah. You know, oh yeah, that, so yeah, also judging yeah. by Roman posters. I think he's yeah. got, like the biggest hot takes cuz he's got like last gen <laughs> Okay, all right. All right. And I Andy have to out. I have to say
3: before any more um <laughs> before any judgments dark, are made the dark there's tower a dark tower going? poster <laughs> because i work at a movie theater and i get a lot of free posters not necessarily for movies that i like i there's a murder <laughs> think on the orient so. there, there's a pet cemetery 2019 <laughs> poster right there i'm not i'm getting the poster i'm not getting the movie the alien <laughs> covenant poster though is pretty cool i used to have one one of the teaser posters with one of the eggs on it that i hung above um the part of the bunk bed where my best friend used to sleep whenever he stayed over to just scare the shit out of him whenever he woke up, um, but <laughs> yeah, um, so yes, so it's the poster, it's not the movie. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the spotlight now, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, nice. specifically the 78 version. The 56 version's great, and I think it would also apply in this category. However, the 78 version is in my opinion, a flat-out masterpiece. And not only does so it... Sick. <laughs> yeah, not only does it drastically improve on the whole paranoia aspect that the first one um, sort of established and tried for, I, I felt like the first one had to hold back for a variety of reasons. This one just goes, just goes for it. It's nihilistic, it's scary, it's cerebral, and... Um, Again, it's like it's just a small town. It's set in a small town where it feels like nothing out of the ordinary ever happens and then all of a sudden everyone's being replaced but no one believes the people who believe that. And there's just something about that whole that whole vibe that is just very scary to me, like suburbia where um where something's wrong and you know it but everyone is acting like there's like everything's totally fine and 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 this movie doesn't entertain that for 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 most of it but still like once everything gets going here it really gets going so seven, 1978 invasion of the body snatchers is my entry here
1: yeah i had it as an honorable mention only because it's like really just that one movie where i love the tone and atmosphere but i mean mm-hmm. i would be a-okay with putting it high on my list or on our group list rather Uh, I have one that might not seem like a tone and atmosphere movie but I mean when I really think about why I like this franchise it's partly because of the tone and atmosphere and that's Scream I just really like the 90s Mm -hmm. vibes of the original three movies at the very least and then the fun like uh, 2000s vibes with Scream 4 I think are are really kind of fun and underrated as well and just the the music is really great they're like boom 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 (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. I just like a picture in my head. And uh, it's just like perfectly 90s. It's just got a great like self-aware, cheeky, little goofy uh, teenager energy. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Someone else take it away from me, please. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) I think
0: the meta, uh, the meta-ness of it all is distinctly unique to Scream. Not that there's not other films, uh, even horror films that don't do meta stuff. But like when you think of meta horror there's nothing that comes to mind more than scream. And that in and of itself is a tone. That is a vibe. The the way that the movie plays with literal audience knowledge of existing property, IP and franchises, you know, that creates such a sense of fun to it. Uh, that yeah, absolutely. Scream should be a, a nominee here.
3: Yeah. The, uh, yeah. uh, uh, the red right hand and needle drop in almost every exactly. single movie just rules and fits perfectly. I'm going to add
0: one to the conversation that I'm not sure if I'll get backed up on, but hopefully, um, and that's the ring, uh, you will ring series. <laughs> um, there's besides isolation, as I've mentioned, there's another aspect that I really love in horror and that's the ticking clock. Uh, the sense of inevitability time is running out regardless. And there is not many that are as good as the ring when it comes to that. Cause it's like, all right, you watch the tape seven days. It's over like period there there's it's not like some of these others where ah oh, we can run away from the killer maybe we can get away for a day a week or maybe even a, a year a decade you know whatever or escape entirely no this is in 7 days you will die and you feel that tension escalate throughout the entirety of the the movies that that ramping sense of fear and dread especially as the movie starts to delve more into its its origins of what happened to Sadako slash Samara and how that's relating to now supernatural activities and powers that are fucking with our, our protagonist minds, uh, their literal physical world around them. So what starts as a seemingly normal movie just gets a completely ramped up to 11 and intense by the end that you don't know what's real, what's not real. All you know is if I don't find a solution, I'm going to die. And that inevitability, that that ticking clock sense of we are running out of time no matter what, uh, the ring has to be mentioned for me.
1: Yeah, I had it on my list, but for completely different reasons. Like for me, when I'm approaching this category, I'm thinking mostly like the visuals, cinematography and the sounds. Sure. Because I'm just kind of like an experiential like type of person. So like that didn't even occur to me, but it makes a lot of sense. For me, it's Gore Verbinski who did the first one, which is the only one I've seen, but uh, even Pirates of the Caribbean legend,
0: Goldie Rovinski. Yeah, I,
1: I think he's <laughs> such Mouse a strong legend, Goldie Rovinski. <laughs> <Vincent. laughs> um, uh, the Lone Ranger legend. Yeah, there he is. I haven't even seen Lone, Lone Ranger, uh, but. Uh, I mean, he's such a strong visual storyteller, uh, more so than I think he gets credit for. And that movie looks so unique. There's not a lot like it. It's got this kind of blue-greenish tint to it, perfect, yep. given the premise, you know, like coming out of the TV screen and everything. And uh, it's just a vibe. So mm-hmm. made my list pretty high, too. Yeah, I mean, I expect
3: nothing less from a cure-for-wellness legend, Gore Verbinski.
1: Definitely okay. have to look that up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Shut your shut your dirty mouth A Cure for Wellness is a genuinely good movie And I will die on this hill I may I be the only that. one dead on this hill But I'll do it badly You
2: know when I think of The Ring I think of Lilo and Stitch Of course because, <laughs> Yeah right Because the girl that played Samara was the voice of Lilo yep. And they came out in the same year And that just oh. Let me throw out, let me, uh, Foster, you mentioned that the ring is just such a mood for you. Uh, let me throw out like the most nineties movie that you could possibly have. And it's the crow, mm, um, nice. which is a movie that's that. genuinely incredible and its sequels are genuinely terrible. Uh, um, yep. but that first one is for sure. Incredible. And, um, yeah, like you, you just know what's one of those, like when they eventually get around to that remake, like. It's gonna have like a Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross score because it almost feels like the '94 <laughs> version like should have had that in the first place. It's just like you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, this was for sure made in 1994,
0: and um, yeah, that movie's great. I love how that movie comes out clearly in the aftermath of Batman '89 and takes from it like the Tim Burton Gotham kind of architecture look, but then spins it and makes it more dark and. has its own sense of almost euphoric feel to it where everything seems like otherworldly, but at the same time it's still grounded in like the gangsters and stuff that's going on. And it's, it's got this weird tone of everything's elevated and almost angelic, but that's because he is kind of like, you know, how he dies and how he's brought back and all that. But at the same time, death is around every corner it's got this weird balancing act that it goes across but I can't not love it if anything for one the inspiration for Hot Topic and tweens everywhere throughout the 90s and the 2000s and two uh, the clear inspiration for my boy Sting in WCW and Mm -hmm. I I can't not support that so the crow good call out
1: thanks nice Uh, can I shout out it uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I
3: gave you permission to shout out it. I, I concur with the
1: appreciate. shouting out of it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I will let you two stay on the podcast as co hosts. Um, <laughs> I really think that the atmosphere of this movie is just perfect. Again, the 2017 one specifically. Uh, I think the atmosphere, even in Chapter 2, is pretty amazing, too, even though I don't think that's as strong a movie um i think the way it's shot is great there's a lot of memorable images the one that always stands out to me is uh sophia lillis above the sink as the blood splatter just pours in all directions it's a great shot and then of course the opening scene uh with georgie um i think for me my only con i guess with with it chapter one which is a movie i do love but with like this one reservation is that i think it establishes the atmosphere and tone perfectly but then Tends to undermine its own setup with jump scares at the end of a lot of its scenes that kind of cheapen it ever so slightly for me. But I think the atmosphere itself that setup is just pitch perfect. Up until some of those scenes, like I think in I'm thinking in the library for instance, or like the like final final shot of the Georgie scene with the boat, like when Pennywise comes out with the mouth. Like to me, the payoff is never as satisfying as the setup. But the setup is kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah, which is why mm-hmm. it ranks really highly for me.
0: I would yeah. even add one extra thing that I love about it. it uh, even beyond like the, the actual horror scenes, but the overall mood of, of the time period, the, that movie, especially again, the 2017 one is like nostalgia, the movie, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the way I have no other way to phrase this other than it captures the gooniness of it. Like that just mid 80s kids on summer break, riding around on bicycles, getting dirty, getting into their own adventure, parents, completely oblivious. Uh, which was taken from The Goonies, put in it, replicated as well in Stranger Things. That 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 something about that vibe, that sense of communal friendship that comes from it, and watching all these kids find each other, find uh, companionship in each other. That that era and that tone and vibe of the town and everything. I, I think even works for the tone and
1: atmosphere of the film as well. Yeah. I mean, that's Stephen King, right? Like that and Stand mm-hmm. By Me. I mean, like ex- everything you're describing is like exactly why Stephen King's stuff works so well. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: I w- I would like to highlight the sound in that movie because uh, mm. my theater experience seeing that movie was I showed up to a theater and the first like three minutes didn't have any video on it at all. And we were like, oh, maybe this is just how the movie opens. <laughs> it's an uh, artistic and choice. I was totally <laughs> fine with that. And then it gets like, it gets like three or four minutes and I'm like, this is not right. And so I go and I tell somebody at the concession stand who has to go get somebody who can manage it. So it's like five minutes into the movie before we actually get any video. And you know what? It was just as if not more scary with only the audio. So uh, It's just
1: silent mood music and you hear running in a puddle and then all of a sudden boink on the headboard. <laughs> as he slips and falls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, let
2: me let me throw out. Um, I really wanted to use this as a trilogy, but I knew this was a cheat. Um, but I think that Us is Jordan Peele's like best tone movie out of the Get Out, Us, and um, Nope. It's not a trilogy. It's just Jordan Peele's first three horror movies. But they're selling it in three packs at Walmart, so I almost wanted to be like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look. I. Us, I, I understand why people don't like it. I love it. Um, and I, I just think tonally, it just nails it. It's got that... like, And, and so much of that is due to Lupita Nyong'o's performance. But um, just as much is due to Jordan Peele as well. I think that movie tonally is just one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Well,
0: I think the, the entire concept of meeting your doppelganger, like just looking at someone in front of you and it's not the mirror. It's literally another... It, person but it right. is you that would be horrifying so taking that uh and then not just taking that as a concept but then evolving it to include the tethered and that whole backstory uh yeah it's definitely a lot of fun unfortunately yeah it doesn't count as a nominee because it's not a franchise but damn yeah that's a fun
3: one I, yeah a good call out I agree mm-hmm. um I would like to uh, bring up my... This is my personal number one, uh, and I I have a a deep history with this franchise. I love it more than most, uh, just as a franchise, not just the specific movies, uh, but The Conjuring. Um, My number one as well. (laughs) Yeah. When you're talking about atmosphere, The Conjuring trains you very early on to expect creepiness and scariness everywhere especially mm-hmm. from the first movie the haunted house setting is perfect they continue that throughout the franchise but even though now like now <clears throat> the tone is so recognizable that when you go into a movie set in the conjuring verse whatever it's called you know exactly what you're getting into because of what that first movie what the first few movies established to be the tone and the vibe and like it's gotten a little wonkier uh, lately like like i think the Nun was something different. Uh, I personally liked The Nun. I know a lot of people didn't. Uh, and The Third Conjuring, I think, sort of strayed from that path uh, a little bit. But it's all... it's The Conjuring, I think, is one of the more consistent franchises in terms of uh, maintaining a tone and atmosphere throughout.
0: Yeah, I wanted to, uh, again, echo all of that. Ditto. Uh, that was my number one as well going into this. It, I'm also going to mention the exorcist at the same time because mm-hmm. we can't talk the conjuring without also talking the exorcist because they're linked uh, you don't get the conjuring without the influences of the exorcist um so i think we can talk about both of those kind of in conjunction um the exorcist really especially the original that exorcism scene if you look at the runtime i'm pretty sure goes for like 40 minutes like <laughs> that final act of the actual exorcism itself is a long time. And just like seeing that room go ice cold, uh, the blue uh, lighting enveloping the room, you can see people's breath. Uh, that That's just so eerie. And I, I love that. But uh, as it translates to the exorcist, nice <laughs> as it translates to the exorcist, uh, I mean, to the conjuring, um, yeah, I really love... It, there's one key element that you didn't mention, Rowan, that I think elevates it a little bit more is that these are all supposedly based on real events. Now, what was <laughs> real about them? What actually happened? I, I doubt very little of it. But when that opening scrawl hits the the screen at the beginning of each Conjuring movie, and they do it on most of the spinoffs as well, but the Conjuring proper, those movies, and Ed and... and Lorraine Warren, you know, had this happen, blah, 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 blah. 1960, whatever. And it just elevates it just enough, just gives it that extra 5% where you're like, I wonder, what if, like, what if, and it puts that like seed of doubt in your head where you're like, yeah, I know this is a movie. I know that when this item is moving across the floor, it's because it's on wires and it's great practical effect work, but what if, what if that actually happened? And it's just, it, the, especially because they do these fun things where, you know, we set up the first movie. It's like, oh, we get the cold open about Annabelle, but the movie's not actually about Annabelle. It's about this complete other house. And then in the second one, we get the cold opening about the Amityville Horror House, which, again, that's also a well-documented. Did that really happen or maybe something happened? We know at least some people ran away from that house. <laughs> you know, that, again, it's grounding it and making it feel real and just that that sense of reality even though it's completely unfounded just adds a little bit of extra that makes that that vibe of those movies just a little bit extra creepy because you'd never know what could happen
3: yeah and when it comes to the conjuring specifically uh the conjuring universe they're all period pieces and yes. that itself adds uh to the uh aesthetic in some wonderful wonderful ways
1: uh i'm gonna throw out one that i think i don't even know if everybody has seen these movies i know you've seen some of them the living dead movies the romero zombie movies particularly mm-hmm. nice. I, I I mean night of the living dead has a great a great atmosphere with the black and white cinematography and everything but dawn of the dead that takes place in the shopping mall and there's the remake too so maybe you all have seen that but jack uh, snyder it's uh, <laughs> yes uh <laughs>
3: <laughs> he said with contempt. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, hey, that's one uh, of
2: Snyder's best movies. You shut your mouth.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a fun it's a I think it's a great remake. I, I, I mean, love it, it's, yeah. It's a perfect setting, but also like the, the original Romero one and Day of the Dead have this great like score. It's Goblin who did like the uh, Dario Argento stuff too, and it's like weird, weird, like prog rock, like electronic kind of vibey synthy, like crazy stuff. That's just the backdrop of people who are just like wandering throughout a shopping mall, just like murking out zombies one by one, floor by floor. It is the coolest thing ever. It is super 80s (laughs) uh, and 70s, I guess, for for Dawn. But uh, uh, it's awesome. And I feel like, I don't know, what what of those have you all seen?
0: Uh, I've seen the remake and I've seen parts of the original Dawn, but never in the film's entirety. So I don't count that I've seen it, but I've seen most of the big clips and I've seen uh, night.
2: I've seen night, the original night. I think I saw a remake of night at some point before yeah. anything. Yeah,
0: the original night. Yeah.
2: the I've seen the Snyder Dawn. I saw the remake or the, the land of the dead. And the Survival oh. of the Dead. Oh, I saw
1: your letterbox rating on that. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when they came yeah, out, because, the stars I loved, everybody.
2: because I loved Dawn of the Dead so much, I was like, yeah, i watch all these other George A. Romero ones, you know, um, and they all sucked. And then, uh, and you know, one <laughs> that I actually have fond memories of, I know you just watched it, though, is Diary of the Dead. Um, I think I that one's fine. Yeah, it's fun, you know. Um, and I will be watching the original Dawn of the Dead in October. I think context,
0: it's worth yeah. noting just inherently that while it may seem tropey now, Oh, it's a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. We have to stipulate there's an asterisk there that that he pretty much gave us what is the modern definition of a zombie zombie movie. Like mm-hmm. all the tropes that we know of exist because he made them. So like when we're talking zombie movies and the, the tone and vibe of a zombie horror the living dead absolutely has to be mentioned because that's the originator of everything, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, another great addition. Um, I'm going to add one here and that's Candyman. Um, yeah. so I want to talk about urban horror. We've talked about, uh, suburbs and out in the woods, but we're going to talk urban horror. And, you know, I-, I think that the way this movie utilizes you know the projects and abandoned housing and urban blights and versus uh, uh, the the concept of gentr- gentrification and all the thematic elements going on into the film it adds so much more to what we're seeing on screen especially in terms of the the sets that they're building with all the graffiti and everything it just it gives you such a grounded sense of reality. All the other most, I mean, other than like maybe Halloween, almost all the others that we've mentioned so far are some form of reality elevated, like reality plus reality plus plus where you can't fully see it right in our world. But for the most part you can, because there's at least a little bit of foundational work there. Whereas for me, and I don't know if you guys agree Candyman is like, no, this is in our world. This is distinct. Not only they give us verbatim, they give us the neighborhood. This is Cabrini Green. This Mm -hmm. is on the north side of Chicago. This is the projects. We see all of the skylines around there. We see how it's being utilized, how it's being destroyed, how these people are being uh, victimized. And man, I don't... And again... The second and third one uh, completely messed this up. They go to NOLA and then they go to L.A. But the original Candyman and the remake and their use of Cabrini Green and Chicago, just fantastic.
3: Yeah, those are the two that I specifically shouted out as well—the the, the original and the remake. Just because, I mean, they—I mean, of course, they connect. Uh, but but also, I, I echo everything that he said. It's it's just masterful combining real life and horror in some very effective ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to shout out Psycho, uh, which nice. to me it has a great atmosphere, like one of the best. Uh, I mean. Even before you get to the motel, I'm just thinking Janet Lee driving in the car and the rain is coming over the windshield, but uh, it just creates this kind of fuzzy, hazy look. It's so good. Um, and the the lighting is really, really great too. Uh, but the base motel is just like one of the greatest designs for a place. I know we're not doing setting, but setting contributes to tone and atmosphere and the music. Um it's just perfect. And like, like how I was saying, how I made my list, it's like, I kind of just want to visit that place just to see and like experience what it would be like <laughs> to be there. Just the creepy energy of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so, so strong. And so much of it is because of the tone and atmosphere. And just like the image of like looking up into the base motel and you see like Norman's mother, wink, wink, who's walking through the window. That silhouette you know, it's in the just, window is awesome. Yeah. So that one, uh, that, that was on my list as well. Nice.
3: Yep. Agree. Um, I would like to um, shout out Hellraiser. Um, okay. I've only seen the first four and the remake, uh, but it it's 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 super nihilistic uh, almost the entire time, and just has such a it's 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 so dour. In that in in the second one, they literally go to hell, uh, and we just see all of the awfulness and horribleness that's that's happening there. And Pinhead's whole thing is kind of I am here to pass judgment on you and Mm -hmm. this is what, uh, this is what you've done wrong and how you must be punished for it. And it, it, it just, it's, it's very, it's very dark. Uh, and I love the setting of the house in the first movie. Um, just, uh, because it, it, it feels very contained and localized and all and like in all of this horror especially like the uh the fantastical hell horror happening within this like very seemingly very normal house uh, i i just think is a great uh dichotomy so not necessarily just the first hellraiser because they get super outlandish uh from there but they continue the same uh, the same tone
1: throughout and i think that that is also very interesting i think the practical effects also adds to it too now that you're talking Mm -hmm. i'm just thinking so much of what i love about like the 80s movies is the practical effects and it does contribute to like just the vibe i get from the movie Mm -hmm. um i'm also practical effects (laughs) yeah a a heavy hitter um the last of the big three i guess is nightmare on elm street um which i think we just have to have to talk about um I mean, it's a, similar to Halloween in that it's like just kind of your typical suburb. Uh, but I mean, combine that with the sort of dreamscape—the dream know, world. That you, that, yeah, yeah, it's just like—I mean, I mean, Heath. Maybe I'll let you talk about it since you had it higher than me.
0: Um, I I just think what makes the nightmare movie so fun is the dream world, the dream realm, and how Freddy preys upon everyone's worst fears, and that could be literally just what is probably the most common is the visualization of his boiler room, which gives us this great smoky uh, steam aesthetic uh, glowing oranges from the, the flame and heat uh, in terms of like a color palette to work with. Um, But also just, you know, we have a movie where a comic book artist, is pulled into a comic book and he's turned into a two-dimensional drawing <laughs> and he's sliced up because he's paper. And uh, another one where someone is afraid of bugs, so they literally get turned into like a roach and like, like, I think their limbs are pulled apart if I remember correctly. And then there's goofy stuff like a guy likes video games so they literally turn him into a video game character and Freddy controls him until he falls and dies. So like the, just the, the places they can go with that in terms of a sense of creativity makes it such a distinct atmosphere that no other film, in my opinion, can replicate, especially because we also get that juxtaposition with this is the dream world. And how does that relate to, our reality when they wake up and always seeing that like that sense of dread and horror when they they jolt upright and they they snap to it and they wake up and they're like oh my god that was horror you know i can't go back to sleep but you know that they're inevitably going to slip back into that alternate reality and and how that uh, psychologically manipulates them and just all of that i i think it's fantastic
1: i think my favorite atmosphere of the whole series is dream warriors just because i love the hospital setting um, yep. And something about like the the just the group of teens, you know, together creates Stephen King adjacent type of feel that I like a lot that we don't really get in most of the others just because of the mm-hmm. you know they, they're confined yeah. to that one location. Mm-hmm. Also, Hot Take Time. Uh, I don't love the remake, but <laughs> I kind of like the tone that they were going for and i, think I the love opening, the tone of the
0: remake yeah. i
1: think the opening scene like the opening 10 minutes is pretty strong actually and i feel like you know with some significant tweaks it could have been a movie i really loved and i really like the rooney mara kyle gallner kind of like emo bonnie and clyde thing that they had going on mm-hmm. i just like the the idea of the movie even though it does not land for me but yeah, I, i'm a-
0: I'm a defender. That's my, one of my hot takes as well. I don't think the remake is nearly as bad as people make it out to be. I'm not saying it's a great movie. Cause it's not, but you it's love not it, clearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> best movie ever. Um, but it, it's not like uh, some people are like, Oh, it's the worst movie in the franchise. I'm like, did you see Freddy's dead? Or are you just, are you just blind? Or are you <laughs> you just being dumb? Like what, what is going on here? So, uh, yeah, especially the way they've the dream realm and that one in particular, Man, I love when Rooney walks into her bedroom and it's just, it's just like snowing. It's like one of the greatest transitions, or she's walking down the hallway and starts to sink into the floor and it just turns into blood. Like now, obviously, they have awful visualizations when they try to do the Freddy's coming out of the wall thing and they decide to use crappy CGI instead of practical effects. Uh, but when they did use practical effects in that movie, it, it is great. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love the, the atmosphere, the tone of that remake.
2: Yeah. And Jackie Earl Haley is so good in that role too.
0: Yes. I, I concur. Uh, he's not Robert England, but if we had to get someone else to do it, especially at the time that they made that, I don't know if there was a better casting decision than there Jackie Earl Haley. It just sucks that they put him in a prosthetic where he couldn't emote and do anything. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, name another one here. And that is one of my favorite haunted house franchises. Um, and that's poltergeist, uh, specifically the original poltergeist, I think has such a great vibe to it where it gives us that haunted house aesthetic. Um, but it gives us also that supernatural spirit element too. It's there's ghosts and the house itself is haunted because it was built on top of a, a burial ground and we get so many things that just ramp it up to 11. Um, when the spirits are usually around them, the, the lighting and everything kind of illuminates and glows white and blue. I think that looks cool. Uh, the use of practical effects to make like the tree come to life. Or one of the most famous things is when uh, a character falls into a pool, it is now, instead of water, f- like sewage and filth and bile and a whole bunch of skeletons pop out of the water. And those were real skeletons. They didn't have the money to get prop skeletons. So they actually got real skeletons and they didn't tell her that that's what that was. So she was just (laughs) swimming around in a pool of dead bodies and that is in the movie. And it's just insane to me. And it's stuff like that, that just adds this supernatural element and makes it so raw and real to me that I think poltergeist is, is really something special.
2: Mm-hmm. I would like to to mention since there's not like really a recommend something thing um there's a really great series on Shudder called cursed films that talks about some of the film franchises that we've mentioned including Poltergeist and the Exorcist that's in the Crow. that's awesome and you should check it out. Nice. Um, if I could, I'd probably like to just rattle off everything I don't have in my top 10 like that way we could just get that out of the way. Uh, sure, my
0: my top 10, yeah, I'm, I'm down to just honorable mentions at this point. Sam, so, yeah. me too.
2: As oh, in. I definitely have some that we haven't talked about. But, um, <laughs> go for it. So, I'm just going to be brief on these. Um, but, I look, I think there's something to be admired about the Scary Movie franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, and, and look, there's a world that this almost was my number 10. Uh, now, look, obviously 4 and 5 go off the rail and all those spinoffs or whatever, but like, at least that first one, and even that second one the third one's not as not really great at all um but like that first one is iconic to me um like and if they would have all been that good quality then that, that could be I, I miss that kind of movie you know and i think maybe we're getting that resurgence right like it wasn't that that blackening movie that came out earlier this year wasn't that supposed to be pretty good like i didn't see it but i remember i heard good really things i haven't seen it, it yet
0: though i want to see yeah. it yeah
1: i saw like, it yeah i yeah
2: like I, I want more stuff like that, you know. And I think um, I think that they, you know, I know that they did the like Marlon Waynes did that like a haunted house that nobody liked. I think there's a really good opportunity here. Um, I think that those first two are awesome. Um, nice. Um, and the other one I had that uh, didn't make my list, uh, and I probably wouldn't have originally considered it, but a quick Google search because I was only at seven franchises off the top of my head uh, was Blade. <laughs> um, okay. okay. And. Cool look, it doesn't make my honorable mentions because one of the things that I really looked for when looking at this category was consistency. Like a big thing for me is consistency between film to film, which is why there's probably going to be franchises that are lower than they should be and higher than they should be. Um, but I really love consistency and blade Trinity is so different than blade one and two, but also I kind of love it. Um, I kind of love all three of those movies and, um, Yeah, I mean, from different directors, Guillermo del Toro doing number three, Ryan Ryan Reynolds is doing his, like, Deadpool audition in Blade Trinity, um, (laughs) and it kind of works, you know. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'll I'll mention The Night House, which I think is one of the best horror films of the last five years. Um, I'll mention Last Night in Soho, which is a movie that I just adore. I love the way that the movie plays on, like, it's set in, like, the 70s, and it, like, feels like it was made in the 70s like it has a very vintage feel to it but also like it plays on that nostalgia trope you know or the, the nostalgia hype like we're all like oh yeah like the 70s were so cool and she goes back and 70s were full of some terrible people you know and like and it like really plays on that like you think that everything was so great because you only remember the good things like i love i love that and the way edgar wright shoots the movie there's specifically like a scene where it shows like anya taylor joy and Thomas and McKenzie Parallel and it's one of the best shots. The scene in the club ever. where they're
0: dancing and they're being in it's so interchanged good. back and forth into one take and we're seeing like the the play in the background with the reflections that that's that scene's so fun.
1: Yeah. It's Have so, you guys and, seen the behind the scenes of that scene? Oh, yes. it's so no, insane. It's, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh th- he has a great use of uh, neon lighting throughout that film like uh oh, yeah. the, contradicting red and blue neons that we see throughout the the movie that's a lot of fun
1: yeah i think it's the same cinematographer as the handmaiden which just came up on rowan's twitter Mm. today uh x sir (laughs) (laughs) check yourself before you wreck yourself (laughs) well we'll do um uh okay i might throw out just I'll, i'll do one or two honorable mentions real quick then I don't. this doesn't make my list because I don't particularly love the tone and atmosphere but nobody can deny that it has a tone and atmosphere and that is Saw which has just the most gonzo crazy editing with the camera that was my impression of the cinematographer and it's just I mean it's a vibe of sorts not one I particularly love to live in just because of how grungy and like Mid two thousands it is, but it's fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, those movies are so distinct, and it is all tone and atmosphere, pretty yep. much. I would agree. Yeah, uh,
0: one I'm going to quickly mention is a Quiet Place. Um, nice. I I've never had silence be such a integral part of a horror franchise. Like we've had that before, where someone's being stalked or whatever, and you you be quiet. But like, I remember seeing the first one in theaters, and I don't think I've ever heard a theater so quiet in my life. Um, you know, I've timed it. I think I'm pretty sure it's the first word is spoken at the 38 minute mark in that movie, which is just crazy. Um, So there, there's not much greater tone than that, that it almost breeds audience participation because you're, you're almost afraid that if I make noise, the creatures are going to hear me make a noise in the audience and (laughs) I'm going to give away where the protagonists are hiding. And that's just such a rare feat uh, to make that happen. And I'm so glad that,
1: uh, we're getting more
0: more films in that universe because uh, I think that's a ton of fun.
1: I loved seeing people in the theater holding their popcorn and just slow motion moving their hands into <laughs> yeah. <not> as little <laughs> noise as possible. I, I can't make a noise with, a with the kernel.
2: I gotta eat as quietly <laughs> as possible. <laughs> <laughs> my entire I had a sold out theater. My entire my entire theater was sold out. And so there was one kid in the front row that kept on checking his Instagram every 10 minutes. Everybody else was like dead silent, wouldn't touch their phone, was afraid to reach for their popcorn or candy. And that one kid, like, I was about to just kick him in the head. Uh, <laughs> if only he was in the seat in front of me.
1: If only. Uh, missed opportunity. <laughs> I
2: did I did have one more that I didn't get to mention yet and it's yeah. uh Sinister which is my favorite like straight horror film. I think what Scott Derrickson does in that movie is excellent in terms of lighting but also choosing to show the archive footage on super 8 film and to do everything practically. Sinister is the scariest movie I've ever seen. It is the one that will consistently freak me out and it is the best horror film um like straight horror film to me.
3: Nice. Oh, yeah. Um should I I'm I'm just gonna rattle off my honorable mentions. I don't i I don't feel the need to yep. talk about them in too much detail. Uh X, uh specifically the first one, but also Pearl. Uh Invisible Man, specifically the 2020 one, which just breeds such absolute fear. I mentioned on another episode uh that, that movie kept me up almost all night the day that I watched it. Um the Fear Street trilogy and the Blair Witch Project. I haven't seen any of the I haven't seen the sequel or the I guess weird quasi sequel uh but the the original is just absolutely terrifying and i i owe that all to the uh the production concept i think it's just genius and could not be done in anything other than the age of the internet um those are my honorable mentions that are that i that do qualify i have some special shout outs that i'll talk about soon but
0: yeah uh i have two more honorable mentions in the same vein uh paranormal activity Uh, there's just something fun about found footage in horror. Um, it it just adds that authenticity. Um, you know, I already talked about Cloverfield. You just talked about Blair Witch. Uh, and I think uh, there's yeah, like you said, there's just something interesting there that really works. Uh, and another one that I wanted to add is uh, Carrie. Uh, I like high school horror, and Mm -hmm. you know, there's been like prom night and a couple other franchises that have done this or had characters around that age. Uh, but Carrie uh, has specifically just holds that niche for me because of the other intangibles that are relatable. You have the bullies, you have the overbearing mother. Now, obviously they are very extreme in that story um, with what the bullies and the mother goat do to Carrie and what's going on in that universe, but still uh, high school horror in and of itself is something almost anybody can relate to because we've, all experienced high school and high school is horrifying in many ways and how it affects you and you know what becomes of your life because of some of the things that happened there so uh, i think carrie is uh, a
1: worthwhile shout out mm-hmm. cool nice uh i've got a few honorables too uh mm-hmm. I probably won't be in contention really at all but fright night i just love that movie particularly the original it has just perfect 80s vibe uh terrifier i mean the first one is kind of grungy and not all that pleasant to watch but the second one surprisingly is a vibe the music is super 80s cinematography is a big step up from the previous one it's surprising like it's almost nothing in tone like the first movie uh and then nosferatu i think is worth mentioning i think the original is just super stylistic um and the fact that it's a silent movie adds to it. It makes it ten times creepier. So many iconic shots that are parodied and imitated to this day and might (laughs) pop up in a particular episode of Spongebob. And (laughs) uh, I also think the Herzog remake in the 70s is amazing. It's like one of the most beautiful looking movies ever. And I am pumped for Robert Eggers' movie that's coming out of Nosferatu as well. Um, And then my last one, and this was one I actually think we should talk about as being in contention to be in the top 10, I don't think it'll make it, but predator I think has a really distinct distinct vibe. the jungle atmosphere I think is perfect. It's not really my franchise necessarily, but like, I mean from predator and predators and prey, I mean, there's not much like it And anything that tries to do a jungle type setting like that is just imitating predator. There's no way around it. And yeah, yeah, I mean, the setting makes that first movie. Even the
0: second movie, although it has many flaws and problems, New York, uh, it, the it, greatest city that, in the world. <laughs> yeah, having that like urban hunting ground is also really fun. Uh, so yeah. it, it, it's it's good stuff. Um, are we good to move to special shoutouts? Things yes. that aren't eligible.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna rattle here. Uh, one, The Shining. Uh, damn it! Why don't? Isn't there a third one? <laughs> the Overlook Hotel <laughs> and the vibe of that film. The the first one, even Doctor Sleep, just great. But uh, it, it doesn't count uh, to <laughs> to <duplicate, laughs> I love that you have red rum on your door. That's sick. <laughs> That's scary, um, man. <laughs> to uh, duplicate what Aaron said, uh, yeah, Happy Death Day. Um, I think those movies are a blast. I I am heartbroken that we're not going to get a third one. Uh, it was in production and then they canned it, and it's just tragic. But uh, the the Groundhog Deification of a you know horror slasher is just so fun and so incredibly unique. Um, another one that I really loved is Ready or Not. Uh, again, yes. doesn't. Doesn't count, but the way that they, you know, we talk about horror comedies, the way that they literally take a game, a child's game and add elements of horror about how do you even work a crossbow? I don't know. Go to YouTube. And like, it's still absolutely horrifying when she falls into the pit with, you know, dead bodies and, you know, it's, it's great. And then the last one, damn it, Foster, you mentioned Goblin, Uh, Suspiria. I Mm -hmm. don't know. If there's a single horror vibe I like more than Suspiria, and if it was eligible, this would be my number one. Uh, I love the Goblin score. I love, the, we talk about neon lighting uh, with Last Night in Soho. Clearly, uh, Edgar Wright uh, was influenced by the original Suspiria. Even the remake of Suspiria has a lot of great cinematography choices, and Man, that, that movie is such a vibe for me, uh, especially the <laughs> 77. So, uh, yep, those are my honorable shout-outs.
1: Uh, I'll go next just going off that, because I was going to say just any Dario Argento movie. So like, if you yep. like Suspiria, I would really recommend Deep Red is another one. That's just a vibe, and a lot of his movies have a Goblin score. I think some of them have Ennio Morricone scores, too. Uh, mu- music is always top tier in his movies. Visuals are neon and unhinged. They're crazy. Love it uh i would also say anything by john carpenter i'm going to specifically shout out prince of darkness is like the most vibey thing i've ever seen in my life the movie is just an hour and a half of pure vibes i don't even know what's happening half the time in that movie but i love every minute of it in the mouth (laughs) of madness is also awesome great vibes uh i also love the tim Burton's sleepy hollow that whole atmosphere great cinematography, nice. great, uh, it's going to say set design, but really it's the trees. <laughs> That's really, great, great tree design. Oh, shout outs to, out to the tree designer. Bless up, right? I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> 28 days later, Crimson Peak, The Lighthouse, The Sixth Sense, Signs. Those are some ones that, that I just love the vibes of those movies. Yeah.
3: Um, I'm going to run through ones, uh, several that have already been mentioned are on my list, but ones that I've not been mentioned yet, uh, Get Out, um the uh, the breakneck pace of train to right. busan i just absolutely love yes um Shaun of the dead uh the babadook uh hereditary and it yes. it follows are some of my uh bigger ones that even if i'm not in love with the movie i love the atmosphere especially ready or not i just want to say that's one of my favorite movies uh yeah. and just it's the most atmospheric
1: old manner that i've ever seen
0: <laughs> it's so fun dude yeah
1: yeah <laughs> I think it follows for me of the ones you just said. The music in that is so cool. The disaster mm-hmm. piece score I listen to all the time. Yeah, it's just like super vibey. Yeah, it's very good.
0: Aaron, did you have any others that you wanted to shout out last minute, or did you already get yours um, ahead of time? I think? No,
2: I have a couple more, but they'll come up when we talk about our top tens. Well, no, go ahead and go ahead and sling them now. No, oh, that's so fun. <laughs> um, whatever. It's your podcast. Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> you're darn
3: right it's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, so I think one that is super overlooked in this conversation so far is the Final Destination franchise, which is a perfect franchise if you take away that awful the Final Destination movie. Um yeah, the one, one, two, works. three, and five are genuinely excellent, and I love the concept. And I think that the tone works really well for him because they're they are just self aware enough to where they're almost cheesy and campy, but they are also still genuinely terrifying, especially in the final acts, as well as the event that always like triggers the premonition. I think mm-hmm. that those movies are remarkable in terms of their uh, their tone. They're, like they're just movies that I watch and I watched as a kid, so they give me nostalgia vibes, but they also just give me like. I love this energy kind of vibes because it's not, it's not, it's not really scary, but it's also not really funny. It's just kind of that perfect middle ground. Um, so, um, also not been mentioned yet is the purge. And I haven't seen the fourth or fifth ones, but I just think that, um, those movies really bring an energy of anything can happen at any moment. And it's awesome. Specifically, anarchy is the best of them. Uh, and that one's really great, but like, it's, it's, it's the def it's, it's kind of like when you go into a Nicolas Cage movie and you're like, anything can happen and it will just make sense. And, yep. um, and so that's why I think the purge really, uh, really hammers. That I thing. actually
0: really like the fourth one as well. I'm, I'm one of the, is that the, the first there? or the final the, that's, that's the first purge. Yeah. Because I, I haven't I, seen
2: either of those two. Yeah,
0: I, I didn't like the forever purge. Uh, but the first purge, I think, is interesting. Again, seeing the origin of... It, you, you get to see a lot more of the downfall of of humanity in it and how the government is manipulating things. And I think that just adds extra themes to it. But, yeah, I do agree that those have a vibe to them of, okay, sh- shit's fucked and anything can happen. You don't know. And that's <laughs> always interesting.
2: Um. So these last two are probably stretching the category a little bit thin, but you know what? I'm the guest and I'm also not really a horror person. And I didn't find out until after I committed the episode. This is franchises only. (laughs) Um, I'll start off with the more least defendable one. And that is, I think uh, the M night Shyamalan glass trilogy. Yes, I saw that. Okay. I saw that posted and I was like, It's kind of not horror. It is horror. It's kind of not a trilogy. It is a trilogy. Oh, it's definitely Uh, a trilogy. Yeah. So I I, the the amazing thing about Split to me is not the reveal because I knew the reveal before I watched it, but it's how similar the movie like feels as a sequel to Unbreakable. Uh, And I am a glass defender. Yeah, sure. Especially in hindsight, but I am a glass defender. But since I saw Split. After the internet had written a million articles about how David Dunn was a surprise appearance at the end. And so I knew what the twist was. I was watching it going, this actually fits really well. Mm -hmm. And then I think Glass... um, I don't agree with the way they handle David Dunn's character in his finale. um, But I think most of that movie really works, especially tonally. Um, So, And what might get vetoed, in which case... Whatever. Um... (laughs) Um, I have the Tim Burton Claymation Trilogy. This would be Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, and Frankenweenie.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be V Done. Which is
2: commonly, I think common people will refer to it as an unofficial Common trilogy. people? Common people? <laughs> <laughs> example of a common I...
1: person. Um, <laughs> is Heath a common person?
3: Um, is a common person in the room with us right now?
2: No, not even, no. And they're probably not listening to this podcast either. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> um no it's i think most people look at it and go clearly these are like intended to be part of at least a shared similar aesthetic or vibe or whatever you want to call it so fine <laughs> you know what that's just on you then when when it comes to my top 10 rankings so uh, all right <laughs> I will admit that that they have that was my number one because I think it nails the tone and energy just perfectly. And they're very much vibey and moody and (laughs) consistent. They're very much all those things.
0: things They're also very much not a franchise. Um, All right. That's an opinion. (laughs) It's an opinion. (laughs) It's an opinion based on fact. All right. (laughs) So let's uh, start making suggestions for how we want to uh, wrap this out and actually form a top 10 here. We've got a list of roughly 30, almost 35, 40, maybe uh, franchises that could qualify. Are there any that were like definitively, we'll we'll rank them later, but need to move on to the top 10. What are we thinking?
3: Like needs to be there. Rowan, go. I'm going to say Halloween, I think desperately needs to be on the list. Okay. Desperately. desperately. desperately foster it's gonna yes. be very disappointed if it's not on there.
0: <laughs> desperately moving forward. All right. Yeah. Um I'm gonna
3: say uh that I think Alien absolutely has to mm-hmm. move forward. Agreed. What else do we got? Uh conjuring. Since especially Heath since it was both years You and I both one. had it
0: number one, I think. Yeah. Conjuring. Yep. Yep.
3: What else? Um Candyman? Would- How do we feel about Candyman? candy man is there for me i don't know where it is for you guys it's it's for me as well
1: i've not seen any of them foster uh kind of in the middle for me it didn't make my list but i'm not opposed to it being on there
0: tentative move forward
2: is what about
1: good? evil dead yeah
0: yep yeah okay I'm with that. Yeah, i think
1: i think evil dead's feelings would be hurt if it weren't on the list so evil <laughs>
0: dead would be upset um uh <laughs> what about nightmare on elm street
1: yep yeah yeah totally uh i mean
2: scream is my new number one scream so. yeah scream oh cool is, good i was gonna suggest Scream am all scream right well. screams moving on i'm a lot higher on its tone than you foster and i think <laughs> scream 2 is the best scream you think I, you're higher
1: on scream stone than me
2: i'm i'm, I'm the tone yes yeah i had it at number kind three iffy Oh, no, I had it number 3. I loved... you just seemed kind of iffy. I am like... it baby. Get on my level. <laughs> well, but then you seemed <laughs> underconfident on it and I'm like, "Man, like no, no." I just No, no, no. I
1: just wasn't confident that the other two other three podcasts get oh, I'm sorry, man. Rowan, do you have the access to the ejects button on this podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> look, if he didn't put it after me suggesting the Tim Burton Claymation Trilogy, then look, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna be with He's you. He's gonna write it end. out. He's here for the long <laughs> so, time. And don't worry, when I went to the bathroom, I got myself another G&T.
0: So.
2: <laughs> okay, I was worried, so I'm glad you Very
0: this. concerned for
3: your health. <laughs> um, I, I
0: want to see the ring move
3: on. We're, I we're the ring. I'm okay with that, despite having not seen it. All right, um, <laughs> what I what would advanced? like... I would like uh, The Thing to move
1: on. I, I would like that, too. I'm, I'm good with that. I would like It to move on. I'm also yeah. very
3: much okay with that. <clears throat> uh...
2: I mean... <sighs> <laughs> I... Man, I I have four more left that were in my top ten that I can't quite justify as the group, but I can definitely justify to myself. I mean, I had the...
0: Which, which ones I, do you want to...
2: So, so I board. had the I had the purge at number four actually, um, just because I love the chaotic energy it brings. I think and, and I think again consistency for me is big. That's why like I had the purge above Halloween because Halloween is all over the place in terms of tone. Um, so um, I had Final Destination in there as well. I had the Shyamalan Glass trilogy. Um, I had Saw at number eight and i also had the living dead franchise okay so i guess that's 5 instead of 4
0: interesting i i could definitely see moving i could see it, moving living it, dead again i, don't know, I don't know if for it's the rest i don't know if it, how high it would place but i do absolutely agree with the argument about the purge and having seen all 5 of them i mean it it is a vibes movie it is yeah. the end of the world one night no, no holds bar anything can happen and then by the fifth one it's literally the end of the world so um i could definitely see the purge being there and final destination as well i i don't know how high they would place but at least i think they could move on to the next round what are we thinking
1: yeah of the ones aaron just said i would say living dead for me um mm-hmm. would go re- i mean All i right. had it in my top 10 um and i also would I'm i'm cool with saw going on too but i know we're gonna have to whittle it down at some point um, yeah. I do have one other that I will suggest since uh, you Heath and Rowan uh, mentioned it invasion uh-huh. of the body snatchers. Yep. I don't know if it'll make the top 10 because it's really just that one movie but I mean, if we're like going just by individual movie, I mean, that'd be almost number one for me. Like, yeah, how, how strong I think the tone is in that movie. Yeah, now, for one. franchise
2: are we considering it original Donald Sutherland and the, the faculty as the
0: No, they've actually made four. <laughs> There's four. Really? There's four yes. of them. And okay. yes, the faculty was also inspired by it. So if you count yeah, I know. that that's five.
2: I do. And then um, there was that like Daniel Craig, Nicole Kidman Invasion, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's that's
0: that one that's, the that's that's the fourth one. That's Got yeah, it. it's just called Invasion.
1: And I mean World's End is kind of body snatchers ish as well.
0: Yeah. now is is moonfall in this
1: body snatchers (laughs) moonfall (laughs) is number one (laughs) moonfall is the best movie i've
0: ever
3: seen moon
0: snatchers (laughs) um the only other one i would want to fight for but i don't know where you guys are on it and if you guys have seen enough of them is poltergeist uh that is a vibe movie for me hardcore would any of you get behind poltergeist or no i haven't seen any of them
1: i could get behind poltergeist Right. I, it wasn't on my list, but I mean, it's worth it's worth right. a shot.
0: So, unless we have any others, I think we have the next round. Mm-hmm. I've got The Purge, Final Destination, Poltergeist, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Candyman, Living Dead, Conjuring It, The Ring, Scream, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Alien, The Thing, Evil Dead, Halloween. That's what we're yeah. down to.
1: Yep. My, my guess is you all aren't as high as on un- Psycho as I am? Am I correct in saying that?
0: I, I really like I, I Psycho to me is a top 20, not a top 10. Hmm.
2: All right. Fair enough. I mean, I would put Psycho Fair in there before enough. the thing, but I understand that I like the thing less than most people.
1: Hmm. Rowan, are you? And are I you would certainly about the ready? Conjuring, but I, don't... <laughs> I only saw the first
2: Conjuring, and I didn't like it, so... <laughs> Okay,
1: that's good. Psycho can stay off the list. All right, because we're already at what was this? Fifteen. Fifteen, yeah, I think.
3: Um, all right, yeah, well, so we're at fifteen. Right. We got
0: to trim five from this already. So, all right. Um, um, hmm. I I, as much as I want it to be there, I think the that poltergeist probably doesn't make it. And as much as that pains me to say, I I, I don't know if it's. I think Poltergeist and The Purge actually probably should be the first two to go.
1: I guess. concur. Yeah. Right. I
0: agree. I agree. Having Will not you seen remind
2: that, me of the that. last 13 remaining then?
0: Final Destination, Nightmare on Elm Street, Candyman, Living Dead, Conjuring, It, The Ring, Scream, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Alien, The Thing, Evil Dead, Halloween is where we're at with 13.
2: Four right, more to was trim. mostly
0: i was mostly or thinking three whether trim. or
2: not we had saw there because i would say saw has to go
0: yeah um, no saw yeah. saw's not there it's
2: I, way too inconsistent
0: yeah um, it's way too mid-2000s let me
2: <laughs> oh boy this is a conversation for later <laughs> where do we stand on alien versus predator in terms of alien and predator franchises respectively
0: I mean, you could make the argument that the Wayland yutani universe is all one thing. Uh, to me, in my head, I rationalize it as if we're talking the Alien movies, we're talking the Alien movies and AVP, but not the Predator movies. And if we're talking me the too. Predator movies, we're talking the Predator movies and AVP, but not the Alien movies. Me That's too. how I think of it. Essentially, wherever those characters are, if there's an Alien in it, it's an Alien movie. If there's a Predator in it, it's a Predator movie. But if they're not in it, it's not those movies.
2: And I guess my follow up was how I define in terms of tone and franchises based off of consistency. How much does that matter to you guys?
1: I mm. don't need it to be consistent as long as I like the different tones that a yeah, franchise has agreed. going for it. Agreed. Yeah, okay. like
0: I had, I had Cloverfield on my top 10 and I didn't even offer it That's to make true. it to the second round because I didn't think it stood a chance but like like i said cloverfield is anthology like to me like each one is it's own, and i vibe with all of them even though the third one sucks i still love the vibe of it um you know you were talking about halloween and how you almost wish it was an anthology well in that case Mm -hmm. you know you so i I, I i think the quality of the vibe more so than the consistencies or at least for me that's what matters
2: that's fine i just care i'm just trying to figure out what our what our basis is what our criteria is
0: i think it's it's different for all of us and that's kind of what makes it fun is if it's if, right, if it's exactly. for you if, and if, just... if it's consistency for you mm-hmm. then you know that's f- why maybe... i had halloween at seven you know and
2: foster's you know heartbroken yeah <laughs> yeah because you know four and five are very different than one and two and you know sure. have the
0: zombie the, the, anyway, the Rob's um... Zombie is different than everything yeah
2: I don't know. I don't have a comment on anything to remove other than things I haven't seen.
0: Um, I, I, I am going to offer up removing invasion as much as I love it. I agree. Essentially, if we're all on the same boat here, even though we've seen multiple, we're essentially only considering the 78. And I don't know how fair that is to just be like this one movie kicks so much ass that we're going to discount all these other franchises. It just doesn't if, seem right.
2: If that's the case, are you also doing the same for the thing?
0: Interesting. I would be willing to stay consistent and bump the thing I think as well. I we think even, yep. even though that pains the hell out of me, because I definitely have yep. that thing on mind. Agreed. But I get that, that we're literally only talking about 82 thing and not mm-hmm. the other things
3: or yeah. thing from another world. Agreed. Um, see, I'm wondering if that if that logic would apply to it as well. Do we think the tone is enough from it to it chapter two to war to warrant staying it? It might be at the bottom of the list, but I think how did you all have it? I I actually
0: had as much as I love it, especially it 2017. I actually had it in my honorable mentions. It didn't even Mm. make my top 10.
3: Interesting. It was my number four, but like the logic, the new logic I think would dictate it being,
0: because the thing is with it, is It's the same story, and we've had different interpretations of that story, so it's all, you know, hey, kids from a small town, you know, like all that's there, and as much as I love the Goonies of vacation of it, like I said earlier, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how consistent that is, where the first one is, in many ways, almost kind of campy and schlocky, unintentionally so, at that, whereas 2017 and 19 are... A much more serious attempt at it and 19 has its inconsistencies and problems as well so uh
1: my counter argument would be that most of the things you just mentioned have not a lot of bearing on the tone and atmosphere which i think is great even in i like the schlocky tone of the of the of the original like tv movie even though i don't like that movie very much like the thing i do like about it is that it's campy and kind of silly and like, I got that you. is tone and atmosphere. And I think the tone and atmosphere of the new uh, and machete ones are like out of this world. And I had it at, I think, number six on my list. So that is not one I would consider kicking out. Uh, I will maybe throw out a counter one just because, again, this is the one that I haven't seen. How strong sure. is the tone of Final Destination?
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs> I, I mean,
2: the, again, it depends on what you're looking for. <laughs> the tone of
0: Final Destination is is arguably the most consistent one of literally everything we have left here. Every single movie is over-the-top, like, schlockiness in a way that's both entertaining and enjoyable and scary. It is funny and chilling, and it rides that razor's edge, but nails it almost every single time. The hindrances of this Final Destination franchise are just bad script writing. But in terms of tone, like... The tension, the inevitability of death, uh, the the way they set up the music—it's it, arguably one of the most consistent ones we have.
2: Well, not only that, but the more the franchise gets into it, the more that they like they play with their rules to evolve to keep the franchise really interesting. Into the yep. point to where five, like they fake you out three times before they're act- there's actually a kill, and it's actually awesome. Yeah, um, like it's for sure a troll job. Final Destination Five, but it's the best troll job you've ever seen.
0: Yeah, so in in terms of tone and atmosphere, Final Destination is it at least for me, it's pretty damn consistent.
1: Okay, uh, my my final counter argument then will be: what about Candyman? That's the only other one that I think I'd be willing to put off. If we don't agree on that, then we'll kick off it. Um, okay. But to me, Candyman is mostly that first movie and a little bit the remake, um, and I didn't have it on my list. At all.
0: I, I would be willing to concede that because most of what I like about Candyman is actually its setting and the way it portrays those settings in relations yes. to its themes. Yeah. And we will have a separate episode about setting. And in Absolutely. which case that is where Candyman will probably shine. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. Although I think that setting contributes to the tone and atmosphere. Um, it is not inherently the tone and atmosphere on its own. Mm-hmm. that I'm in love with. so I'm it's also so okay with
3: kicking off Candyman.
0: Yeah, I I could okay, see Candyman cool. being the cut here.
2: Well, and since we're kicking off Candyman, that, that still leaves us a Tony Todd franchise with Final Destination. Yeah, <laughs> so I think we're we good. got Final Destination. <laughs> Tony Todd's
1: still here. Yeah, baby. All right.
0: Post, you really haven't seen any of them?
1: No, I will. Oh, before this boy. podcast ends, I'll see it. Oh, I'm thrilled to find out how you feel. I'm going to like them a All lot. All right, I'm we've sure. got...
0: We've got 10. So now we get to rank stuff. All We've right. got Halloween, evil, dead, alien, scream, the ring, it, the conjuring, the living dead, a nightmare on Elm street and final destination. I think this is a solid top 10. Absolutely. We just need to put the pieces together of these 10. Is there any of that? We're like universally like, yeah, that's the weakest.
1: That's probably 10. Hmm. probably we should do it since that's kind of what maybe we it and discussing. the living dead is should be off. near the bottom Yeah, just because living dead is
3: strongest in its earlier entries sure. Sure. and that's yeah i don't know at least in my at least in the ones that i've seen
0: i actually was gonna say living dead for me was would be my 10 yeah, uh me too so cool. okay we, cool where yeah where did we where did you have
1: living dead and it on your list foster I had It above Living Dead as well. So I wanted to do Living Dead at number 10 and It at number 10. Living Dead at
0: 10 and It at 9? Yep. Great. All right. What are we thinking about?
2: that? I have a question about the Ring franchise. Um, Yeah. Those of you that have seen them. So there's the Ring. So there's Ringu, The Ring, and... The ring two, and then there's ring Oh, there's it's way, way in... more than that oh it's there's, there's way more many. In, in the okay.
0: japanese franchise I, th- I i can look it up i'm i haven't seen them all but i get the ring and the grudge mixed up a lot
1: there's like 10 plus of them so okay
2: i was gonna ask I I counting, the,
0: counting the american films there are 14 ring movies it god it is oh because i was i was just gonna ask like
2: percentage wise how many of them are good movies because as mentioned final destination has four great and one terrible mm-hmm. like and, and i think that's probably the easiest you know eight i'm good seven with that. for
1: eight me as well yeah i i
0: because i I'm, I'm gonna go to bat for the ring i had ring at three so that's really up there for me um yeah i'm gonna find eight. what how many of them have you seen i've seen three of them but all three okay. of them i i vibed with it so hard
1: but I've also only seen one of them, and I don't think Rowan has seen any of them, and I yeah. wonder maybe because we don't all feel as strongly about it. I don't know if I could justify putting it too much higher above these just because I don't get have that experience with I do it. think
0: it should be above final destination though. I
3: think we should do final destination at eight.
1: That's if okay. you guys are cool with me. that, yeah, okay, let's do that.
2: Ruin, have you seen any final destination
3: movies no i've seen videos about them but never seen the actual movies again i I, I, carry I, I think i'm gonna follow uh, foster's example and watch them before this podcast is over. you guys you guys are gonna you watch skip these. Four.
0: you okay. guys are gonna watch to know. the final destination movies and you're gonna come back and be like damn it i should have been ranking these so much higher on all these <laughs> lists
2: <laughs> especially if you skip four <laughs> yeah. but like it's also like there's some sneaky good casting in there like three stars mary elizabeth winstead in 2006 oh, like hell yeah. like
0: Pre Scott Pilgrim by
2: four. Calm down, Rowan. <laughs>
1: Alright,
0: so are we saying the ring so then at seven? Was that yeah. what I was getting? Yeah. Alright. We've got left the Conjuring, Halloween, Evil Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street, and uh, screaming Alien.
3: I think an Evil Dead should be next i i think just purely because of the inconsistency it just it's so inconsistent on such yeah. an insane level
0: <laughs> the differences between army and darkness and evil dead 2013 is astounding yeah. you wouldn't <laughs> even think they're the same franchise yeah. uh so i would say yeah as much as i love the vibe of both of them Ab- absolutely one is totally. maybe the funniest horror movie ever made and the other is maybe one of the most metal horror movies ever made <laughs> well that's uh,
2: that's kind of where in my ranking like Evil Dead 2 might be the movie I most vibe with out of this whole, like, franchise stuff that we're talking about. But 2 versus even Army of Darkness, right? And then, yeah. you know, Rise... Ver- it's, it's, it's all over the place, especially if you want to consider the TV series, like...
0: For that very reason, again, I know that none of you have seen it as much as me and Foster. Would you guys be open to Flipping Ring and Evil Dead? I really do think that The Ring should be higher than Evil Dead.
2: I'll I think as much as we're talking about the inconsistency, I think that 1, 4, and 5 of Evil Dead are all pretty similar in terms of tone. I think it's just 2 adds in a lot of comedy, and 3 takes away a lot of the horror. But I think 1, four, one the reboot, and 5 are all actually pretty similar in tone. And so if that's the hang-up...
1: Hmm. Yeah, all right. I'll say... I, I don't really care, is, is my honesty about these two. Sure. <laughs> but I just I'm have to. I'm just trying to, to go,
0: go to bat for S- Sadako here.
1: I got I to got yeah. It which I do get that we're kind of ranking a little bit on consistency, and I'm fine to continue doing that, but I do just have to put my two cents out there and say that to me, Consistency does not matter when it comes to tone and atmosphere, and I actually like inconsistency. So the exact same reasons you're sure. saying bump Evil Dead down, I'm saying bump it up. It has two completely different tones, and they're both and awesome. It does nail that, both of them. That's a yeah. win. As long as it yeah. works, right? Tones yeah. can
2: be inconsistent as long as they work. No, that's yeah, that's that's Halloween totally four fair. Four and
0: five just don't yeah. work. I'm I'm on board with that. Cool. All right, uh, so we've got Nightmare, Conjuring, Scream, Alien, Halloween. Uh,
2: powerhouses right.
3: right here. Yeah, <laughs> look, this is-
2: look, I hate to be that guy, but when are we going to talk about Alien and Halloween and their terrible Alien Three and Resurrection and their Michael Mo- and their Halloween Four and Five and random spin-off in the middle of there and the Rob Zombie reboots? Like, okay.
1: Terrible <laughs> movies. some of them with great atmosphere and tone though is the thing okay, okay. Four, the opening of halloween four are you kidding me the rain pouring down the like i mundane, don't like halloween four at all any, i don't love that movie either but i love the vibe of it i mean yeah, like even alien like
0: alien 3 the the david fincherness of it and the grittiness and, and this prison planet like i you, the movie sucks, but like <laughs> I dig the the vibe well, of that. Film. All right, all right. I've got to yeah, remind those, myself. Those it's about is, the tone. Yeah, those are <sighs> my the topic is tone and atmosphere. Let's
2: keep that in check. <laughs> yeah, and you guys okay. already said you don't care about inconsistency as much as I do. You know, all right. Um, legitimately,
3: fine. I do think those should be the next ones on the list. I just don't know in 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 what order. Just because the other ones above it are so. Are, are just so masterful. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to toss The Conjuring out the window.
2: I would I'm happy also, to toss the I would also out put The Conjuring one.
1: lower. Hmm. I don't know. Just, oh, oh, no. No. We're gonna... I
2: know it was your both number one. I've only seen the first one and I hated it. So <laughs> I didn't see any more. So I don't have any stake in this conversation. I mean, it was just, like... it, it was every other 2013 horror movie with jump scares that there is, you know?
1: Do you like the tone of like Annabelle and Curse of La Llorona and the like? Do you and like do you like the tone of even the lesser the, ones? Because like, so I like the tone of the lesser's. Yeah,
0: that that is at least for me that is a, a bit of a fair criticism. Where like the Curse of La Llorona and the Nun and some of those later spinoffs almost become like ubiquitous and so same similar. Like they don't even feel like different movies. The way that they're just doing the same exact trope which leads to the same exact uh, cinematic presentation, the same kind of cinematography, the same kind of visual effects, the same kind of bumps in the nights. And so I I will concede that I, I think when I'm referring to the conjuring, I'm definitely thinking the conjuring proper, the Ed and Lorraine Warren films and the Annabelle films. Um, But so I, I would be willing to give up, you know, I have it at number one and not put it that high um, well, how was with, with that said though, I though. I don't think that I would have it below Halloween or have it below yeah, Halloween. Um or yeah, I, I, I do I, think Halloween I and Alien are probably the next ones. For I me know. at least.
1: What about Scream? No. I think Scream I'll is high, super high up there for I mean, me. Scream's yeah. going up there. Yeah. I, if, if we're being <laughs> honest
0: with ourselves, are we kind of all seeing Nightmare and Scream top two? Yeah. I, I think that's kind of where I we're going. I haven't
2: seen any Nightmare films except for the remake. So yes. I am not a part <laughs> of that
3: decision at all. I would agree with you, Heath. Yeah. I, I
0: think Scream and Nightmare are probably top two, and we're finding the placements for Halloween, Alien, and... The conjuring in three if, through five would be my guess. If we guess. can
2: count the Simpsons Trios of Horror where Groundskeeper Willie is um <laughs> Krueger, then it's number one.
3: <laughs> um I would concede putting conjuring like lower ish if we maybe if we sandwich it in between um alien and, and Halloween. I I'd be fine with- about that. I'd be fine course, with that, but
0: what are in
3: what order are we sandwiching? What's yeah, five? I and think Rowan three? is
2: proposing five Alien, four Conjuring, three
1: Halloween. I'm I'm okay with that. That where's, is something that. I El- oh, you're saying Elm Street is t- top one and two along with Scream. You all are saying yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what I think <laughs> Rowan is saying. Okay, because I also had Elm Street lower than most of these that we have still to go. Really?
0: Okay. Yeah. Just
2: where
1: did to you me, have as Elm as Street? Elm Street, I had at number nine on my list because to me oh, that, wow. is, that is one where the inconsistency actually does affect the tone for me. Because like I don't love the tone of Freddy's Dead, you know. I don't love the tone of mm. Nightmare Five. Um, like like those ones to me, I'm not as into. Like like I, I love the tone of a few of them, but like to me with Halloween, part of what I love so much about those sequels is like the tone sustains me through trash. Like, the stories are so bad, some of them. But, like, the fall atmosphere and the fall vibes, like, give me life. And I have to say, the David Gordon Green movies... For their faults, understand the vibes perfectly. And Halloween ends. I know people don't love that movie, but like the vibes are immaculate in that movie. The John Carpenter music, the like synth score behind it. the like opening credits of the pumpkins decaying, the candles inside of the of the jack-o'-lanterns. All stuff. right, we'll get it Foster. you, you love, love Halloween?
0: <laughs>
2: I just
1: but no, it's like it's like my Foster's number one Foster's
2: talking me into like really.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Let's, really
2: believing that should be numbered yeah, so, yeah, I mean,
1: just to me, like this is why I suggested this category was because of this franchise. So, like to put it at like number five would actually kill me. And you <laughs> killed me yesterday when we did Hannibal Lecter didn't even make our best killers list. So spoilers. <laughs> to, uh, well, wait, actually, uh, no, that's not a spoiler. No, because it's already come out. Spoiler, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh,
0: well,
1: all
0: right. So, how how are we all feeling about Alien? What about Alien? I'm okay
3: God? with putting Alien near, like, at five,
0: because as much as I do love the vibes of it. The first one is one of the best horror movies ever. The second one, the the camera in action, I, I dig all of it. But uh, based off of what we're all see, seeing here of what's left and how we're all speaking about what's left, I feel like we all have more passion about the others. Sure. Five is still it. a very
3: respectable spot, I, and I, I yeah. feel like
0: Alien is more like we respect it and it should be right. high versus the, the others we're passionate
3: about. So what about Alien at 5? Sounds I'm good. I'm fine with that. Right. Alien Conjuring and then Halloween. Sure.
1: <laughs> I I will relent and allow Halloween number well, 3. Well,
0: hold on. So I, I I think I think the next to our Nightmare and Conjuring would be my guess. Cuz if Aaron's not on board with Nightmare. Granted, he hasn't seen most of them, but still, he wasn't as on board with the one he had seen. Foster had it way lower. I had it at two, but averaging out, you know that that's going to take a hit. Uh, Rowan, where did you have Nightmare?
3: Uh, I had Nightmare at three. So pretty okay. darn high up. Yeah. Uh, so Foster's more
2: convincing me with the music, like because that is part of tone
1: for Halloween.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: I mean. Nightmare on Elm Street has good sound design. No, n- Nightmare on Elm Street
0: actually has a really memorable thematic score, but again, you haven't seen enough of the movies to really recognize it. But that but by comparison, it's not John, John Carpenter's Halloween score. You know, like that score is Well, and there's even better. that
2: like, you know, that nursery rhyme, you know, one two Freddy's coming for you I, I like love that. that I mean, that's rhyme. iconic too. Yeah. That's
0: um, what about what if we did, and I'm just throwing this out here, Conjuring at four and Nightmare at three? What are, what are our thoughts there?
2: Okay. I think that's where it's going. Yep.
0: I'm good with that. Yep. All right.
2: Conjuring and I think at four. we're probably in agreement that Scream might be number one.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nightmare at three. And then that leaves us with Scream and Halloween. And I'm just guessing based off of the overall how much we were all going to bat for it, Scream has to be one. Is Definitely. that kind of what yeah. we're thinking here? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Yay. It- so, we did it! Yay! Yay. Yay! So, let's count it down now. We have it. The official cinema uh, uh, franchise, Paradiso, uh, top 10. <laughs> well, total 40 even slip list. there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, we have number 10, The Living Dead. Number 9, It. Number 8, Where did I put it? The Final Destination, number seven, The Ring or Ringu. Number six, we have Evil Dead. Number five, Alien. Number four, The Conjuring. Number three, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Number two, Halloween. And the number one best vibe, tone, atmosphere franchise in horror history, definitively scream Yay! i yeah. love that we got to
2: scream as number one via process of elimination as That's opposed to goes. arguing
3: for scream
2: at number one yeah
3: we just love it so much yeah um well aaron thank you so much uh for joining us on this episode uh i, I just had an absolutely great time and i uh, hope you did as well and we hope to have you on again uh, on the show sometime in the future um yeah thank you Yeah, I'll try my best
2: to get kicked off next time. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm disappointed, (laughs) honestly.
1: I thought Uh, thought leaving
2: twice for a bathroom break and and having uh, six ounces of alcohol would have done it. (laughs) (laughs) Try harder. No, no, honestly, this is a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to to see where this goes.
0: Well, yeah, thank you for coming. We do appreciate it. Uh, I had a blast for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, listeners, for taking the time out of your day to listen to our show as well. Uh, feel free to follow us if you want, or not, whatever. Up uh, to you. But if you want to follow us, we would appreciate it. Uh, and I think that's uh, all we got. So until next time, bye bye. bye. bye.